Welcome to Crypto Ramble. I'm Desiree. My guest today is Joel Valenzuela. He is a public outreach director for Dash, and we're going to be talking about how he got into crypto, some ideas that some similarities that we may have when it comes to the direction that crypto is going in, and also speaking about Dash, one of his favorite topics. So hi, Joel. Maybe you want to also introduce yourself for everyone. Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah, so uh, I'm Joel Valenzuela. I've been in the crypto space for a very long time. Well, not a very long time, but by modern standards, about good old six years or so. And yeah, I work with I work for Dash Force, which is a group under Dash's decentralized autonomous organization. So yes, I work for Dash, but since Dash is decentralized, it's a little more more complicated than just that. Okay, uh, really briefly, how did you get involved in the crypto space six years ago? Yeah, so I've always um, I've always been a student of economics and things like that. And one of those things that came forward was I was kind of blown away learning about um, fractional reserve banking. And you know, from having a small child, like having a bank account first, I'm like, wait, you mean like you, you don't have it all in there? And then also about um, about fiat currency. And like when you learn like what is money and it's like, well, precious metal, do this, do that. And then it's like, well, that was where the dollar is based on. And now it's based on nothing. Well, just they just took that part away. And now it's just like the dollar. I'm like, and then they print more. And I'm also part of that is uh, I grew up in north of Mexico. And during the 90s, there was a peso crisis. And I wasn't quite old enough to remember that too much. But I do remember seeing like old coins that are like, have like thousands of like hundreds of pesos per now they're useless and oh no the new ones like what happened to the old ones it's like well they kind of like there was kind of a breakdown in value and i was always thinking about that because you hear about inflation things like that in the uh, more developed world and it's always it's always a concept of it's always more of a an edge case concept. People don't actually believe that there's going to be hyperinflation, that currencies will lose value. They just think that, oh yeah, but you know, it's gonna be fine, the dollar's stable, it's still king. So, but I was always interested in precious metals and trying to go back to a gold standard or something like that, because that's what I saw as this is the only way we get a f actual stable store of value out of currency. And anyone who's old enough to remember buying things like 10, 20 years ago rem remembers price differences, right? The remembers that, oh, movie tickets used to cost this much. Now they cost this much. And like, I don't go out to the movies very much anymore. But when I was young, it was like five to $8 range. And now it's like pretty much double that. And I'm like, wow, that's increased that much. I remember like prices going up year after year. I remember my parents used to yell at me if I ever got anything out to eat on like the eight to nine dollar range on the menu it's like oh you know that's fancy stuff we can't afford that or whatever and now i'm just seeing that's like a very entry level it's like the double digit dollar around so it, this is like real stuff and so i was very interested in that trying and as a as someone who's bored i guess i'm chronically bored of just hearing people pontificate i wanted to try it out so i wanted to say well if you say oh yeah this is Precious metals are so much better. Okay, well, I want to use them then. It's theoretical, back to gold standard, whatever. Okay, whatever. So I was exploring ways of using 
precious metals in my daily life, which, you know, <laughs> good luck, right? Right. Uh, I knew that everyone's uh, favorite crypto antagonist, Peter Schiff, at the time, had a Bitcoin, uh, gold debit card. And he and I was trying to get a hold of one. It was not open to U.S. citizens. I'm a dual citizen, so I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, the other me can get it. I was just trying to use it so I could spend something real. And right about that time, I decided to move to New Hampshire as part of something called the Free State Project, which basically was a loosely organized thing of everyone who believes in a free society, who just wants basically basically the maximum role of government is to protect liberty and property, and that's it, and defend us. That's it. And that's the upper limit. Some people don't even want that. Just... Let's all try and experiment what a radically free society can be like. No, no barriers, no limitations, no game plan. Just show up and like live together with a bunch of other people that think like you. So I thought this is a really cool idea. I'm just going to move out there and just see what it's like because I like freedom. I like the things that freedom have provided in the world. Let's give this a shot. So I move out there. On the way over, I meet with a friend in Chicago. We have pizza, of course. He pays for his part in Bitcoin. He's like, ah, oh, there's this thing called Bitcoin. I'm gonna, I want to send you some. And I'd heard it mentioned a bunch before, but I didn't really look into it. I just heard there's this digital gold type, digital currency that's that's not inflatable and no one controls. I kind of heard about that, but then I actually got some. And then just sending it back and forth, really, I started to get my mind blown how peer to peer it was because. You know, say you go to go out to eat with a bunch of people. Someone says like, "Oh, I'll just pay for the whole thing. You can hit me back." Well, if you have cash, you can kind, of, and you don't have the proper denominations, you can kind of do something. If you just have your cards, how are you going to do it? Well, if you all have like the same on the same bank or you have a pay, payment app, which wasn't really big back then in 2013, you can kind of do that. But just like, oh, just download the Bitcoin app and beep, there you go, you got money. Like I saw, this is huge. Like this is the the world suffers so much from like all this friction of trying to send money, trying to send remittances, all this kind of stuff. And it just kind of blew my mind. So from that point forward, I was trying to do anything I could to get compensated for work with this digital currency. And then um, late 2015, after I'd kind of done this for a while, I said, you know what? I keep hearing the hype. I like this stuff. The price goes up. Things are doing great. I... I want to see it. They keep saying, be your own bank. You don't need a bank. You don't need middlemen, all this stuff. I said, well, let's find out. So starting in, so I should clarify that I don't think I've ever used a cryptocurrency exchange. I definitely have not. I've never, I might've never bought any cryptocurrency. I think I only ever worked and got paid with it in, you know, up to this day. And I, um, I just decided in late 2015, I'm going to just run this experiment. So I, at that point, I stopped accepting compensation in fiat currency. Just okay. said, if it pays me in Bitcoin, I'll do it. If it doesn't, I'll keep looking for work. So I did that and I got a job at Cointelegraph and started doing crypto journalism and all that stuff and a few other random jobs. And early 2016, I closed my bank account. I said, this is no good. I'm going to- You closed your bank account? Like, yes. so you don't yeah, have a no. bank account? Nope. That's still not. Wow, no. that's impressive. Because they say, be your own bank. Crypto works so great. Okay, let's see. Like, because I was always, 
you know, spending where I could. And then sometimes I'm like, well, I'm just going to, you know, sell it for cash, put it in the bank account so I can still swipe my card places. And so then I just said no more, especially because there was some big mix up with my bank where someone forged some check and cleaned out my account. And then I had to spend like all day on the phone, like trying to get it back. As soon as they said, we're going to have to close your account. In, and reopen you a new one. I'm like, that sounds good. Just don't reopen me a new one. I'm not done with the banking system. So from that point on, I lived entirely off of Bitcoin, which is a great funnel time until towards the end of 2016. Uh, the blocks started to fill up. Transactions started to become, you know, five cents, 10 cents, 30 cents, 60, like started to become more. And it became a personal hardship for me because now say you're, you know, walking around in a shopping mall, like, oh, I'm going to go buy something from here. You got a gift card. You want to, you know, you want to buy it with Bitcoin. And then two hours later, you don't have a confirmation. You're just walking around like, what am I? Okay, another day maybe. And then, yeah, I've skipped meals before because I was trying to, you know, send Bitcoin in time. I did have some back in the days before when they still had some unverified cards. I had uh, a Bitcoin debit card. And I knew I was going to go out to some coffee shop and whatever else. And so I said, oh, I'm going to convert. I'm going to convert, send some Bitcoin to convert there. I did it an hour later. Like I do that before driving an hour to where I was going. And then by that time, I go to the coffee shop. Still didn't confirm. I only had enough on there to buy coffee and no food. And so I was sitting there working for like four hours. And by the time I left, I still didn't have a confirmation. I still couldn't do it. And I was like, well, this is not going to work that point you're faced with a crossroads do you live this glorious fun experiment it didn't work so do you say ah just come crawling back to your bank just say yep i'm done with that i i I tried it It was fun i failed or do you try to keep on making it work so i decided i'm gonna see if i can keep making this work it's literally a choice of late 2016 go down the market cap rankings of bitcoin number one okay X that out. It doesn't work. Next, Ethereum. No one's, it's not like a currency. People aren't buying stuff. I can't really live off this. Cross it down. Blah, blah, blah. And like what people don't realize about like back in the day, Bitcoin Cash was a year away from existing. Uh, Litecoin was not being actively developed on. It was abandoned for years and almost out of the top 10. Like no one was touching that, which I'd argue is probably the same thing today. Only people hype it a little bit more. So I couldn't do that. Like there was nothing and just down, 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 hit on dash. And I always like followed and like, oh yeah, I like the privacy. Oh, I heard this instance, but didn't pay much attention to it until I realized this is my only option to keep living off of cryptocurrency. So then I started doing that and I, you know, I switched all my Bitcoin over and then I got a few random jobs that were willing to pay me in dash, which is, you know, odd. oddly enough, there were actually a few. And then pretty soon by the end of 2016 early 2017 i started working for some organization that just popped up to to work with dash and so i've been paid by the decentralized autonomous organization of dash ever since so um all on cryptos um for about four years unbanked for three and all off of dash for like two and a half i guess okay wow that's that's pretty incredible yeah, you like you mentioned to me that you were um, living off of crypto, and that's something I wanted to talk to you about. But what you said, it like I don't have a bank, 
that was that was like kind of eye-opening uh for me and like i said when you mentioned it i think it's quite impressive i'm not sure how many people do that do you know of many people who who do that um i know depends on like the definitions so what i do i mean obviously everything nothing is perfect even today today one can live entirely off of i mean maybe dash and maybe bitcoin cash or something and not spend and not touch fiat ever right. it's possible but extremely challenging depending on where you are and you have to make a lot of sacrifices to do that so i have at times sold some for cash for like a little pocket cash like right now i have about ten dollars usd in my pocket in cash and that's that's all the fiat i own and okay. in fact that's m most of the non-dash i own right but um what i do i don't i i don't have a bank account i don't receive income in anything other than dash and i try to only and i you know only spend dash like 95 percent of the time which is very possible around here when i travel like i was in chicago a few weeks ago to to do a presentation and it's slim pickings out there so i had to like you know i did a few gift card things but a few times i did have to actually just use filthy dirty paper right so <laughs> right uh i i also don't use uh aml kyc crypto services so for example there are a couple of bill pay services and there are plenty of crypto debit cards and workarounds but they want they basically want the same stuff from you that a bank does and i'm not afraid of anything i just that that would tell me that the experiment's over i'm back to i'm being banked but like i'm saying i'm crypto like no yeah i don't do that so as far as people who live all off of it with AML KYC services, there's probably a few. Um, as far as without that, um, I know one other person who I have not checked up on her lately, but uh, Amanda Johnson, who was a Dash spokesperson for a while, um, she was living, uh, she, did, she was doing what I was doing before I was doing it. Um, I don't know if she still is. I know another f uh, fellow who is who has been doing that for longer than me, but as far as I know, he has no bank account, has everything in crypto, and then just sells a bunch for cash for bills. He doesn't actually spend it directly. Okay. So like, I'm one of those few people that spends it directly most, most of the time. Yeah, okay, well that's, that's good to know that it's possible. Uh, there are a couple of things you were <laughs> saying, um, just like when you were describing your journey, um, things that you mentioned that I wanted to sort of respond to. The first one was when you were talking about prices going up. Uh, I haven't mentioned this on this channel, but I'm from Jamaica. And um, when I was younger, it, I think when I was like six, maybe no when younger than that. Like when there was, uh, when Jamaica gained independence uh, from the British, that was 1962. I think the dollar, US dollar to Jamaica, um, Jamaican dollar was one US dollar to five Jamaican dollars, somewhere around there. And when I was about six, I remember that a patty, which is a staple food, is sort of like a, people say it's like an oh, empanada. Yeah, 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 you know what it yeah, is, I've yeah. Yeah, I've had lots of those. There's some restaurant in Manchester, New Hampshire that has those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, so those were like $20 for one. Like I remember going to the, uh, the canteen, I think we used to call it, when I was a kid mm -hmm. and you could get one for 20 bucks. And then when I, left um jamaica like when i came to the u.s for school which was in 2010 
one patty was about eighty dollars. Wow. See, that that's that's crazy. And um, the Jamaican dollar was, I think, eighty nine to one U.S. So there's a you know the, the economy is, is not so great there. And a lot of my ideas about money um, and government comes from my experience uh, growing up in Jamaica. And I think now it's yeah, over a hundred. I'm sorry. From reality, right? Yeah, yeah. Not from theory. Yeah, from reality. And I think it's like over a hundred dollars now. So when you were describing that, I just thought you might want to hear or the people watching might want to hear of my experience with that. It, it definitely shapes um, your perspective and probably later passion for something something like crypto. Uh, did you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, of course. You look like you want to say yeah, something. Yeah, so, I mean, same thing. I remember because, you know, when you're, when you're little, you don't, you're like prices like how many pesos is like i during the price things in both things i remember memorizing seven pesos to the dollar it's like oh it's like whatever times seven is what it should cost kind of except things are cheaper in mexico sometimes and then now it's closer to 20. not quite as dramatic but still it's like and if you talk about the same um six dollar movie ticket that's now twelve dollars it's um what is it six times seven for the pesos and then now it's like times three so it's it's not just double it's like six times as expensive in if you have the same number amount of pesos like how much it'll take to pay for you just if you hodled the mexican peso <laughs> from when i was a kid yeah. you could buy if you could afford six movie tickets before yeah now it's just one because of increased you know devaluation against the dollar but also just the dollar's devaluation too it's pretty crazy yeah um, and then one other thing you said, and I won't go into detail about this one, was I completely agree the banking system kind of sucks. Like when you have an issue, it takes forever to sort it out. And you don't, it's not like the customer service there isn't as great as like, I guess, some sort of uh, retail store somewhere where they really want your dollars because they're, they're sort of enshrined in the system. I know that banks compete, but I don't think... They're so great with customer service and crypto is much more efficient in terms of speed and uh, um, international transfer of money. So I just wanted to just agree with, with what you said there. And um, let's talk more about what issues you might have with crypto as it stands today and where it's going. And you could lead that into why you think Dash is good because I know you really like Dash. Um, cause that was something you had, you had said, you had seen some of my videos and you thought that we probably had some similar ideas about crypto. Yeah. So, and honestly, this is, seems like a minority perspective. Ours, what I assume to be ours at least, I guess we're about to find out for sure. Yeah. But it's actually much more common when you go up the surface. There's a lot of crypto YouTubers out there who, you know, oh, price is going to move, and what about this? Oh, yeah, you know, oh, my gosh, 9,000. And then when we talk to them, you know, privately, they're a little more, like, frustrated. And as in, I think that this is a global, amazing global, world-changing technology. And I think that, um, I think that 10 years plus is a crying shame for how little people actually use it. And I think that that has to do with a bunch of things. So this is always a, t a, t a touchy subject when I do what can be construed as talking shit about Bitcoin. Because, you know, Bitcoin 
you know, the girl the gr- brought me to the dance, so to speak. You know, it's, this is the big thing. And most successful uh, technologies or cryptocurrencies were built off of Bitcoin. In fact, uh, when Dash was created, it was forked from the Litecoin code base, which came with all kinds of unpleasant bugs and stuff, and it wasn't being developed on. So it was reforked to Bitcoin. There still are some backports to this very day that are being worked on to, you know, make sure it's compatible with a lot of stuff on the Bitcoin chain. So Bitcoin's great technology and Bitcoin has a whole lot of actual use that other coins, you know, I'd like to say possibly including Dash too, don't have through just its liquidity, through how many people, how many on-ramps there are, just it's like usefulness in in so far as like how easy it is to actually transact with its network effects. But at one point, Bitcoin really dropped the ball in terms of it was peer-to-peer electronic cash. It worked very well. And then at some point, it didn't work for a whole lot of things. It still works for other things. And I think that that has pushed a lot of people into still speculating it'll be used one day, but not actually using it. And a lot of business applications have either gone away or they've moved to other other chains or to other technologies even. And... I think that that really turned, that kind of has pushed Bitcoin from being relentlessly practical to, you know, practical some ways and then highly speculative in a whole lot of other ways. And that kind of pushed the whole space in general to become much more speculative. And so I think that right now, um, I use these kinds of things as barometers, right? Because when you're looking, if you if you care about what really works, if you care about actually spending cryptocurrency, you care about using this instead of centralized fiat systems. And then you compare that with market price, you're gonna be a little bit depressed probably because the market's throwing money at a bunch of garbage and not just, and a bunch of, a bunch of garbage, I think, but also a bunch of not ready yet kind of things. And I would, you know, I like to use the Litecoin example because it's just easy. Um, when, I mean, it's a top performer with the market, it keeps doing better. Also has almost no development. In fact, from 2014, 2017, it was completely abandoned, which is why Dash was based off of Bitcoin instead later. And if you look at, for example, Reddit subscription, like active users on Reddit compared to any other coin, it's just really low. It's just like a ghost. There's not actually no one's using this stuff, right? Yet right. it keeps pumping. So, and I'm not I'm not talking because Litecoin as a technology works almost exactly like Bitcoin, except for a couple of tweaks like block interval and stuff. But it does work. It's just that when you see that being pumped over everything else, it's a good like we're not there yet kind of signal to the brain. It's just like when you know, when you see it kind of up there. So I basically think that the crypto space has gone into a Total Moon, Lambo, let's talk about new tech. Let's talk about let's talk about new tech without seeing if it works. Just whatever's the newly hyped this. And it's been trending away from actual use. And I also am a little concerned that the prices prices of these assets are becoming much more manipulated in a kind of way reminiscent of the old systems we tried to get away from. Right. And so I've been of course following Bitfinex and Tether and things like that and when you're just seeing the correlation between big uh, jumps in the Bitcoin price and big issuances of Tether and how many of these trading pairs are with that, I start to be a little more like fearful that something 
some kind of an actual crash might happen. Like not not just a market crash, but there there will be a serious shaking out. And um, yeah, so that sounds a little negative. I'm very positive. Like obviously, it's easy to remain positive if you're on the ground in some an ecosystem like Dash. I assume Bitcoin Cash has a lot of similarities there. I'm not as deep in there, you know, but. I assume that you might actually see real people on the ground using it for real things, innovating, finding new business solutions, things like that, and just being like, this is helping people. This is innovating out of the, this is innovating, bringing people out of poverty, things like that. And then you feel, you, you get to kind of ignore all the other depressing stuff. So that was a long ramble. I don't know if you, you got anything serious out of that, but hey. No, I, I think I did get something serious out of it. And uh, I would say that I do agree with you. I think that there's a, there's an investment incentive that exists in the crypto space. So once people find out about a project and maybe they put some of their wealth into it and they want to see it grow, then they're for that project. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like money flowing into a space is what kind of allows that space to grow because you bring talent in. However, I do think that it shouldn't, the experimentation should continue. We shouldn't just be like, oh, well, Bitcoin has made it. We, we have this thing and now we're just going to stop. You know, because like this is it. Like this is a this is a final form of crypto. I, I definitely get the sense that for lots of people, once they latch on to something, then they don't want to really look at anything else. And um, as part of as someone who worked for um, a project particle um, that had a lot of development going on, I have definitely seen that um, that what you would call depressing where. Their coin, coins are being paid attention to because they're being hyped and there isn't really anything going on in the background. And that also has security issues possibly too. So it's like people aren't really focused on whether or not this thing will work and whether or not it's really bringing to people um, like the, the rest of the world, not just the people into the tech, what's actually useful. So I, I do think that's an issue and I, I'm not against um, say Bitcoin, for example, even though it's become more, say, like a, of a store of value and even though it might shift in the future to, I guess, be faster because it's not right now when, when lots of people want to use it. Uh, I'm not saying like it's the end of the road for it, but I do, I do think that people could pay more attention to other coins, but because of the investment incentive, like I said before, it makes it so that the market does not actually what's on top isn't necessarily actually the best in terms of use. Yeah. And that's where you come to this whole speculation thing, which it's neither good nor bad. It is what it is. Um, Bitcoin created an enormous amount of goodwill towards the technology as a whole blockchain technology as a whole, as well as Bitcoin itself. And people were pricing in, they were throwing money at it because they saw where it could go. They saw where this is going to go. And that's speculating on future use is fantastic a lot of ways. The problem is there's a lot of, well, this is hot. This is good. It's changing the world. Oh, it's going up. And just a lot of vague speculation now, throwing money at stuff. And a lot of it just works because this is world-changing technology. It's done so much. And it's just still, there's a, so much goodwill on Bitcoin and blockchain in general that's just still priced in. And eventually you wear out that goodwill, right? So, for example, I mean, imagine someone is a world champion in something, you know, say champion boxer. Let's just say that. Why not? 
and he had the world's on fire because he smoked his last few opponents like just so so quickly so dominant performance oh it's great this guy's amazing and then how valuable is this person's brand how much are people going to want going to watch him well if he starts to have a lot of lackluster performances starts losing fights starts doing stuff like that over time you're still going to be wanting thinking this guy's great wanting to watch him all this kind of stuff despite what you're seeing recently but over time like that that because you're running on that goodwill that was very handily earned it was legitimately earned eventually oops the good the goodwill kind of goes away without renewing energy right there you need to keep feeding it with real practical results and so there's been a lot of when i think of the great um you think of the great innovations of Bitcoin from back in the day, other than Jimmy, the basic technology is great. But then I remember um, Backpage, uh, the website Backpage.com was using it because they were having banking issues. Of course, WikiLeaks used it to get around the banking blockade. There was a whole bunch of things like that. Purse.io is one of the biggest innovators in the space that allowed people to buy Amazon stuff off of Amazon with Bitcoin and save money. There's a bunch of like remittance use cases that were popping up. There's a lot of activity, a lot of innovations like, oh, well, this new cool thing's built on Bitcoin. That new cool thing's built on Bitcoin. Oh, this is awesome. And then since like the middle of 2017 or so, I, I haven't really seen anything big. I've seen adoption metrics where people say this exchange added, this inst- institution is talking about it. This, the price went up. There's a lot of that, right? There's a, I see a lot of, you know, we're building this on top of Bitcoin. This is, you know, so for example, one good example is the Flexa app. I don't know. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, yeah, I have. And it's a great adoption. Um, it, it's a great adoption facilitator in a lot of ways. And whatever I say should not detract from that. That being said, it's a custodial AML KYC compliant service, like a crypto debit card type thing. And a, these businesses do not accept it directly. They have some sort of back-end partnership, which I assume is Gemini, or you know, which is you know, partner in the service, buys gri- uh, ahead of time like gift credit to these businesses. Because I noticed the exact businesses that are supported by Flex are the exact same ones you could buy gift cards to on like BitRefill and oh. you know, gift, eGifter, all those kinds of things. Exact same stuff. So it's a little workaround for it you're not actually using crypto directly and you're not being unbanked such digital cash you're still going through the, the a system to do it and you're not really saving money and the business isn't saving like there's nothing it's great for crypto great for the industry but it, it doesn't bring anything new to the table it doesn't innovate it doesn't save money there's no actual new use cases and i've seen just so little of that over time that it, it kind of makes me think that like, yeah, well, it's it's time for Bitcoin to have another killer use case to where someone uses it or and not just Bitcoin, but all the other cryptocurrencies, too. I mean, Ethereum had, of course, a lot of um, DAP hype. Oh, essentially, everything's going to run on smart contracts. It's all going to be great. The ICO boom demonstrated the power of decentralized fundraising to where anyone can just like issue a token and just say, invest in my project and of course that i think got a little corrupted and now it's like eh, no no one wants to do ico stuff anymore and that was just a big money grab and 
there's just a lot of problems there. There needs, I think crypto needs a victory. It needs like an actual like, boom, this is running off of this today. This, is, this isn't just expanding the space into places it doesn't need to be. This is somewhere new that people are going to be like, I, I need to get into this crypto so I can do this one thing. Yeah. And I have seen, and now this is where like the Dash Shell part comes into it because being deeply embedded in the Dash ecosystem, I see a lot of these things cropping up all the time, especially in Latin America. So for example... There's thousands of merchants in Venezuela that take Dash. There's hundreds in Colombia. There's, um, I think there was going about to be an extra 200 added in Brazil. In Latin America, there's a lot of, a lot of that starting to grow up. Now, if you download Uphold, have you ever used Uphold before? Do you know, are familiar with that service? Yeah. So yeah. Dash has a pretty favorable 1.25% conversion fee and they just recently eliminated the withdrawal fee which is like three dollars to move it off the platform so for 1.25 percent you can send dash to as a ripmans to latin america and they could spend it like compare that with western union or anything else wow that's pretty huge and there's an innovative startup out of venezuela called dash text which is an sms based wallet so you can literally send it to your grandma's flip phone in venezuela and she can go up to a merchant in, including the largest department store in the country, and just beep, 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 send it through some mobile mobile text commands, and then there you go. And just the amount of like, and that can all be done instantly, right? You buy with Uphold, it's in your wallet instantly because Dash is instant send, and it's just instantly confirmed. You send it, you can spend it within like two minutes. You can go buy, you can go get, convert your money to Dash, send it, and have your person spend it in the receiving country and i mean that's that's like back to where like the old chills of the bitcoin days like whoa can't believe they figured this out oh there's this new thing it's all running on bitcoin it's great so if you know where to look there's still a lot of innovation happening and not just like technical technological innovation or just increased adoption which is which is good but unique use cases there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on so i'm very still very optimistic about cryptocurrency as a whole much more micro-targeted and not just, I'm not going to believe just anything's going to the moon. And let's not forget, there's a lot of projects that are very solid technologically, but because of the way the free market works, they may never, may never become a winner. They may never pan out. They might have like the best privacy, the best scalability, the best something, but there's some like usability thing that just isn't there to where people use the other one and then that one has good enough features that aren't as good as the other one. But they're you know still good features and it works and then that one takes off this one doesn't work or someone builds an amazing like decentralized marketplace but it requires too much of its own token to be used or too much of its own stuff and people aren't going to buy a token just to use it they rather use something that is already integrated with a lot of other coins so then the the inferior one there's going to be a lot of that too. Yeah, um, just on that last bit, the flagship. Uh, I can't say pro product, but app application that Particle is building, which you may know is a marketplace. And in the long run, they want it to be crypto agnostic. They're trying to be very friendly to crypto projects in general, but I think it might take a while to actually uh, get to that point. And something I wanted to say um, was that a lot of the, the culture 
um, say like on Twitter, and this is Twitter in general, not just in the, the crypto space, is very much like, I, I think it's very much meaningless. A lot of it, I understand that people want to have a sense of community and like that's important and it kind of draws people into a space that I'm not saying it's not important, but um, I do think that part of the reason why the space sometimes seems so speculative and not necessarily focusing on um, like what you were just talking about, like say Dash with the, the SMSG text messages or mm-hmm. being in the department store. Like I didn't know about the department store thing. I'm not sure which country, but yeah, it's Venezuela. Venezuela. Part of the reason maybe is that people don't focus on that. Like they don't really care about these little wins that are more like, I don't, customer isn't the right word, but people facing, like people actually using crypto for everyday use. I think the culture yeah. has a little bit to do, do with that as well. How it seems. Yes. And it's one of those things where people started caring about that. And then regular people started using it to where they were actually, their lives are better. Other people saw that regular people were using it and benefiting. So they started throwing money at the adoption cases. Then it became just adoption equals money. You know, it like I love adoption because the price goes up. And then it became, well, I love stuff that makes the price go up. And it's like, well, adoption, yeah, maybe. Now it's like adoption doesn't make the price go up. So I don't care about adoption, just number go up. And it kind of has that that that, <laughs> yeah. that kind of um, the gradual transition towards just that. And one thing I've noticed about the adoption thing is being pro crypto adoption is a great sign. It's not the it's not the end end all be all though. What you want is people who don't give a crap about crypto adopting it because it makes sense so it's like yeah Yeah. i can spend this or i can spend my dash everywhere okay who cares i care that's who cares a bunch of other dash people care crypto people should care but they don't because dash isn't their pick so whatever they don't care yeah now what we really what you really care about you should care about is um you know immigrant worker down the street over there says just says this is the thing i buy to send money to my grandma at home and I save a bunch of money, and then a bunch of other people start using it. That's that's what it is. They don't. They're not. It's like, all right, great. You're starting using Dash. Why don't you get your little little fancy Dashy sunglasses? Why don't you go, you know, start getting joining the Reddit and the Discord? Like, no, just those people when they just actually use it. When regular people use it, just say, um, for example, there is an innovative startup and I uh, in um, Arizona called Alt Thirty Six which is a cannabis point of sale system that basically allows people to buy cannabis with Dash and it saves enormous amounts on cash handling fees, etc. And so I believe they're in a a private beta right now, but that's another big use case to where someone's going to download the Alt36 app, link their bank account, walk into a dispensary, just buy cannabis and save five to ten percent on it and be happy and they have no idea that what they really did is they bought really bought dash that then got sent this so every transaction is logged on the dash blockchain then got sent to the dispensary then they used to go pay some of their expenses which i've actually heard of literal um dispensaries sending an armored truck full of cash a thousand miles to pay one of their suppliers 
because they don't have access to banking services. And so instead you can just pay with Dash. So I would love to see people actually just using this. This is how I buy, this is how I buy my weed. It's like literally that's it. They don't care about Dash. They haven't heard about, you know, you know, the instant confirmations and this and that and blah, blah, the protocol. No, they just, this is how they buy the thing. That's, that's where the real hype should be around when you just see everyone's using this thing, but it's actually a cryptocurrency. Did you know that? Oh my God. Like that rather than just, oh, you can spend. And that's one thing is much love to everyone who's gone out there like myself and badgered businesses into taking cryptocurrency and actually spend it there. You and your five fan friends are very happy spending crypto there. But most people don't even if they love crypto because they it doesn't make sense to them it's it's clunky to acquire and hold cryptocurrency and then to go spend it and, oh is it going to work here and is it it's a pain in the ass it just is and when it becomes to where even fans won't spend it for the most part now when you um when you have it so that non-fans are wanting to spend it that's when you win and that's what you should look for and that's what you should hype and also, you should probably not just invest in cryptocurrencies, but in crypto businesses if you're an investor. If you see a, a business that can make a lot of money just using the technology, which is what Roger Ver, good good friend of mine, good person, Bitcoin Jesus for a reason because he invested in a whole lot of startups that were actually going to use the technology to do great things. Yeah, I, w I was about to ask you, I think we, we have to wrap up soon. I was going to ask you what mm -hmm. um, advice you would kind of give to people and you just mentioned one and something else uh, I wanted to say too was even if there's money flowing into the space that's not bad but definitely try to have the money or even in, in projects that you're attached to for whatever reason because that community is important um, to kind of encourage the, the project to keep experimenting keep doing development and also be more people facing and like a big criticism that I have of crypto in general is how it very much seems to me I, that it's a lot of tech tech people making things for other tech people and not for people who just don't understand it and don't want to understand it, don't need to understand it. It should be really simple to use and I understand that it starts out that way but it does seem to me like people make something in a vacuum and not necessarily like putting it in the hands of people, getting feedback and then going from there to make sure that it's usable for someone who doesn't really understand it. Like they only need to know how much they would need to know to use a credit card. You know, there's yes. a little bit of education that you have to do, but it, it's it's still very complicated, I think. Let me give an example of that connection, right? So people, for example, know that, let's just take Zcash, right? People know that it's private. Fewer than 1% of Zcash transactions were shielded last time I checked the statistics. It might be different now, but it was almost none, which, by the way, 3 to 4% of Bitcoin transactions are, go through some kind of Tumblr or Mixer. Okay. And so Bitcoin is the Bitcoin is the reigning privacy coin, oddly enough. It's kind of weird, <laughs> weird how that shakes out. Yeah. But mm -hmm. people will buy Zcash on an exchange, maybe transfer it to like an Edge wallet or something like that, and then they just they don't know how to make it private. In the meantime, I remember a friend of mine who's a huge enthusiast of the tech went and bought something with a shielded transaction at his store. 
And I remember him going in there with a laptop and going on the command line interface thing. And it took like 20 minutes to like figure out how to do a shielded transaction. It's like, yeah, I bought something. It's like, yeah, you haven't done that. Now, something from the dash angle, um, back in, I think it was 2014, it could have been early 2015, but Dash came out with this thing called Instant Send, which basically locks transactions instantly so there you don't have to worry about a double spend. You just Instant Send, boom, it works. Now, that was, that was the way of things until very recently. And when I've tried to use it to set people up with it, the way it works, this is where it goes back end with the tech. It locks the inputs until they have at least, what, five or six confirmations on the blockchain. And so I was sending that to people. And the way it works, if you have one chunk of cryptocurrency, it, you have to send it to someone and then get the change back to you. That's how it works. You get change, that's why you hear like change addresses or whatever. It's just like if I, if I have a $100 bill in my pocket, and I want to pay you $5. I send you the 100 and I get 95 back. But unfortunately, if I instant send it, it was all locked. So now I couldn't send any money for like a 10, 10 minutes or something because it's all locked. It's like, there's no one's going to use this. And it's like, if I send you, you can't resend it. So recently, instant send was streamlined to first off, it's not optional. It's every single transaction is instant send today. And also, it does not cost an extra fee, which was you know ten times the normal fee, which was like one cent as opposed to you know some fraction. That's gone. But also, every transaction can be instantly resent after you send it to someone. So I can send you a transaction, and you can send it right back to me, and then I can send it to someone in another country in the space of like six to ten seconds. And each step of the way, it's permanently confirmed, more secure in a fraction of a second than a Bitcoin transaction will ever be, thanks to chain locks, which is another innovation we have to talk about some other day, I guess. I, I'm, I'm going to try and fit it in, but I guess you can't go into detail. Yes, well... Oh, sorry, we I can, don't mean to interrupt your We could probably talk, do a uh, proof-of-work, proof-of-stake debates some other day where that fits a little bit better. Okay, okay. But the point being is... you know, Transactions can be double-spent on pretty much any cryptocurrency before they're confirmed the Dash team came up with an innovation to fix that. And you actually start using this innovation, you realize it's clunky and it doesn't work for reality. And now it does because of that. Just all the people like me complaining at the developers saying, oh, no one will use this. Why can't you fix this? Why don't you do this? And just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then they finally figure out how to make it work for like real people. So exactly what you're saying about the developer disconnect, make the developers go use it. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a whatever, like, you know, Say you're running particle, right? You're, you're using that. The particle developers should try to make a, make a living off of using the particle system, the using the decentralized exchange. Try to buy and sell all their stuff on there, and then they'll know really quick if it works or not. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a marketplace, but it's still in um, testing phase. They're about to after like four or five. If you come from the original uh, Shadowcash mm -hmm. project. After four or yeah. five years, they're finally about to release this marketplace. In the twelfth of August is the launch date, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, and it, we'll have them put stuff up on there. Have them, yeah, sell and buy, and they'll know really quick if it works or not, and then that should inform their decisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we have to to wrap up. Um, mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much. That was a very interesting conversation. 
Um, sorry we didn't get to talk about Chain Lock, but hopefully soon as an, soon, yes. another one, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so yeah, I'm speaking to Joel Valenzuela. Um, you want to tell people where to find you? I'm sure they probably know who you are already, um, but you can just give your info. Yes, so at on Twitter, at the Desert Links. Desert is in dry place. Links is in kitty cat. At the Desert Links on Twitter. Um, you could follow pretty much everything. Uh, I so I run uh, dash news.org. That's pretty easy to remember. And if you just want to, if, if you follow dash news, like I'm not patting myself on the back, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with, you might have your mind blown a little bit by just how much is coming out every single like you can have a news publication dedicated to just dash and just always have stuff to write about dash news.org and discover dash.com that's a merchant directory of those close to 5,000 merchants that take dash around the world there is a mobile app on android very soon to be iphone that's like a yelp type app where you can actually use it to find dash merchants right around you and we're always trying to work on making that better those three things, that's going to blow your mind, I think. And if not, well, I would give you money back, but you didn't give me any money, so. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to take a look at the those merchants around the world because I'm curious about that. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, uh, for watching. Again, this is Crypto Ramble. You can also find me on Twitter at Crypto Ramble, and you can find my content on a couple other platforms, just DTube, Steemit. Um, for example, thank you for watching, and if you liked what you saw, then please subscribe and give a thumbs up and maybe leave a comment because we've talked about some very interesting things, so you might have some thoughts on that. Have a great day. Goodbye. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs>